Well, we're back in Jonah this morning. It seems like quite a long time since we've been in Jonah, and it's actually probably a month since we have been exploring the story of Jonah together. As you probably know, but if you're a visitor, you probably don't, over the autumn and winter, we are running two sort of parallel series. Steve is looking at faith on the front lines, while I am exploring the story of Jonah. And we've maybe so far had two looks at what the book of Jonah is saying to us. We began at the very start of the story of Jonah with the call of God to Jonah, and we discovered very quickly what actually actually is happening is that Jonah hears it, but Jonah decides to respond by running in the opposite direction. We saw all those weeks ago how in actual fact Jonah ran away to a modern day sort of Maldives. And I'm sure this morning as you're sitting there, we'd all quite like to be in the Maldives this morning. But we heard the call of God and we saw the prophet of the Lord run. And then we moved on to explore how in Jonah and in everyday life that every human heart is a mystery. Because what we saw was how Jonah responds to the storm in one way while the sailors who are on the boat responded in another. We discovered that it was the prophet who was sleeping in the depths of the boat, yet it was the sailors who were on deck crying out to and worshipping God. And this morning, as we come to our reading in Jonah chapter 2, what we discover is that in actual fact, the story of this little man called Jonah, the prophet of the Lord, is about to get weirder. Because this morning, what we discover is God providing a huge fish. And what we discover is Jonah praying inside the belly of the aforementioned fish, fish, sorry. And what we also discover is our internal voice saying to ourselves, okay, hang on a moment, wait, am I actually supposed to swallow this story? Because people, after all, don't just get swallowed by fish and live in them for a period of time or do they? So regardless of how we come to this story, we all are probably coming to it thinking that it is one weird story. Because we discover Jonah swallowed by a fish, hanging out there for a while, praying a prayer, and then getting vomited back out of the big fish that swallowed him in the first place. Now this morning, or sorry, this week that has been as I've tried to think about and reflect a little bit on this passage of scripture, suddenly my imagination sort of, well, you'll not be surprised by this, got a little bit carried away with itself. And I began to think, what must it have been like then for Jonah inside that fish. And we do have some explanation in the text because in verse 5 we read that seaweed was wrapped around my head. Seaweed wrapped around my head. Sort of like sushi in reverse. All rolled up in seaweed but thankfully not dipped in soy sauce. Well, 
maybe there is a benefit to being trapped in this fish for Jonah. All the raw fish he could possibly ever want. I bet you're not going to look at sushi in the same way ever again. Can you imagine then what it must have been like for Jonah to be squeezed through the throat of this giant fish, swimming around inside the stomach lining of the fish as it expands and contracts, the irritation caused by the acidic stomach juices as it bleaches your skin, probably not thinking about eating fish ever again. Then you think to yourself, how will I ever get this stinging sensation off? And what about that awful smell? I don't know about you, but I can't even go to St. George's Market and walk past the fish stand. It just turns me. I'm sorry. I just cannot possibly cope with the smell. So I'm just praying that I actually listen to what God was saying and don't run and end up being stuck in the, je- the belly of a giant fish. And then, as Jonah sits there and waits, because really, what else is there to do in the belly of a giant fish? Because I'm sure there's no 4G signal. He's there, and he's not sure how long he's going to be there for. And suddenly, the whale decides that just, or the whale, not a whale, big fish. It doesn't say whale in the text. The big fish decides that what it's going to do is eat some more, because after all, fish get Hungry. So Jonah in the belly of the big fish, and in comes more little fishes to keep him company. Pitch black, smelly, no light, can't see, worried, troubled. And then there's that deafening noise when the fish decides that it's hungry and its stomach begins to rumble and it's ready for something else to eat. The sound of a giant fish's belly rumbling, I'm sure, is not an overly pleasant one. And I sincerely hope that many of you aren't going home this afternoon for your Sunday lunch to eat fish because I probably just put you right off it. And then what do we discover? We discover that Jonah hangs out there, Jonah prays to God, and then Jonah is spat back out again. And sometimes what we think is actually the worst thing that could happen to us in any given moment is actually just like it was for Jonah, the very moment in which we discover that maybe, just maybe, we need to go through what we are going through in order to come out the other side changed and transformed and ready and equipped and able to do and to be who God is calling us to be. Because remember, remember how we saw at the start of the story of Jonah, how he was fleeing to Tarshish instead of Nineveh. We saw how he was going in the opposite way from the direction in which God was calling him to go. And sometimes we might think, well, hang on a minute, Jonah, what do you think you're playing at? But quickly, if we delve beneath the surface of the text and we explore it and we rummage about a little bit more, what we discover is that Jonah maybe isn't running just because he feels like it, but he's running maybe because he's a bit of a patriot at heart. Because if we put ourselves back into the 
the time in which this story was written, what we quickly discover is that there was a very real possibility of the nation of Assyria destroying the nation of Israel in the future. And guess what? Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. So maybe Jonah's thinking if he ignores God and goes to Tarshish, the nation of Assyria may collapse and the threat to Israel may be gone for good. But if Jonah goes to Nineveh and the Ninevites repent, the nation of Assyria would stand possibly and maybe one day possibly destroy Israel and her people. So maybe for Jonah, if he goes to Nineveh, what he's actually doing is trying to, sorry, if he goes to Nineveh, he assures in his mind maybe the destruction of Israel. And if he goes to Tarshish, Nineveh perishes and Israel is saved. So Jonah decides to do what only he can do and Jonah decides to get out of time and he flees. Sorry, I'm skipping through some of the stuff I've written this morning because I'm aware that I'm freezing, so you must also be. (laughs) And as much as I would like to talk for 35 minutes on the story of Jonah, you might end up in hospital this week, and, well, there's nobody around to visit you, so um, (laughs) that could be quite interesting. But anyway, what we discover is that Jonah is suddenly in the belly of this big fish. We discover that in the story of Jonah, God sends a storm, and it is in the storm, and it is being in, and it is in being cast over the boat and into the belly of the fish that Jonah discovers who he actually is. Now, I don't know about you, but you know I love Disney. I love Disney movies. There is nothing better than a Disney movie. And sometimes when I come to the story of Jonah, and maybe you do too, what we sort of have in our minds, I maybe, at the back of our head, maybe, possibly, is the story of Pinocchio. Because if you've ever watched Pinocchio, you know how Pinocchio also ends up in a bit of a storm. How Pinocchio also gets swallowed by a big fish. But really, actually, in that case, it is a whale. So maybe we have that sort of childhood image in our mind's eye when we come to it. But when we come to the stories that we have shared together, not just the story of Jonah, but also the story of Jesus and the disciples, what we discover is actually there is nothing quite like a storm to find out who you are. Storms, I hate them. I really, really hate them. So this morning, what can you and I learn from the story of the two storms that we find in Scripture. Well, in the passages that we have read together this morning, what we discover is that storms and fish have the power to reveal and expose. What we discover this morning is, as we have said, that it is in the storm that we discover what Jonah is made of, and it is in the storm faced by the disciples that we also see who they are. Because storms have the power to strip 
away. Because storms change things. Nothing is ever left the same as it was before once it has encountered a storm. Storms let you see what you're clinging on to. And storms let you see the clutter that can be swept away. Because what you discover in a storm is that valuable things have the tendency to become invaluable. And that invaluable things have the tendency to become valuable because storms reveal who you are. Because in the storm, you can't depend on your wealth or your power. And Jonah learned this firsthand because Jonah was a man who had a lot of money at his disposal. We have a man who is able to rent out an entire ship to try and get away from God. And in so doing, he discovers that even trying and spending all that money trying to get away from God ain't going to do him any good. So this morning, what kind of storms are we facing? As we have sung those songs that the band so thoughtfully led us through about how God is there in the midst of the storms, were there situations, circumstances, events springing up in your mind? Maybe things you've encountered this week, or maybe it was last week, or maybe it was a month ago, or maybe even that situation or storm has been blustering in your life for years. Storms reveal. And of course, you wouldn't want to wish a storm to come in to anyone's life, especially not the kind that results in them being swallowed by a big fish. But as we've said, it's in the storm that we find out who we are. It is in the storm that we find out what we have built our houses on. It is in the storm that we find out what we just can't do without. And it's in the storm that we discover our true character and our true essence. So what do we discover about storms in our reading this morning? Well, we find that in the midst of the storm, Jonah cries out for help. And we discover that the disciples cry out for Jesus because storms reveal. We have Jesus, the disciples, a storm, a sleeping Jesus, a panicked group of friends. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? We have the teacher rebuking the storm and the waves and we see that the storm and the waves calm down. And we have a Jesus asking his disciples, hang on, wait a moment, aren't you further along this journey than you actually are? And what do we have in Jonah? But what we have in Jonah is Jonah crying out in an elegant yet lengthy prayer. And what we discover when we examine this prayer is that these words are not actually Jonah's own. What we discover is that Jonah is using the voice of a narrative that was well familiar to people of the time. Because what we discover is that every single line of this prayer actually comes 
from the Psalms. And I'm sure as we've explored how to read the Bible over the past lot of Sunday nights, many of you know that there are different kinds of literature in Scripture. And there are different kinds of Psalms. There are Psalms of thanksgiving and there are Psalms of lament. Now ask yourself the question, if you were Jonah stuck in the belly of a big fish, would you be crying out Psalms of thanksgiving or would you be crying out Psalms of lament? And what we discover is that Jonah is actually crying out psalms of thanksgiving. Because what we discover in this story this morning as I close is simply this. That Jonah had a worldview before the storm in which everything revolved around him. But what we find is once the storm arrives, we discover a man in in a whole new territory because we discover that his swallowed upness has caused him to reevaluate his life, his situation, where he's going and what he is doing. So this morning, is this just two stories about storms and fish? Is it just two stories about fleeing from the presence of God or rather is it an opportunity to look inward? to look inward at the circumstances in our own lives, to learn and remember who God is, to let us see what matters and what we have the invitation to focus and embrace. Because as for Jonah, if we take this story to heart this morning, we will discover that in reality, the storms and the fish are actually only the beginning of the adventure to which God is calling us to as he was calling Jonah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the opportunity to come to your word, to think about it and what it means to us today, all those years later from when it was written. We pray that you would challenge us. We pray for those who feel as though we're in the midst of storms that we would realize and come to know your presence in the very midst of them, that we would feel your peace, that we would feel your reassurance, and that we would also look to see, well, what could this storm be leading me towards? What could this storm be calling me to do? And what could this storm be calling me to be? Because we know, as we've been singing this morning, that you are a faithful God that you're there in times of trouble and you're also there in times of peace. So we pray in the storms of life, lead us, guide us, teach us and encourage us, but help us to remember the promise that you are always with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.